Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of emc2learning.com, one of the greatest community communities around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so definitely check out the other podcasts there. But today, today is season five, episode seven, and we have a brand new guest. I love bringing new guests onto the show. We have David Kehoe, and he's joining us today, and we are going to be talking about gamification uh, and how to talk to students about that to sort of help them bring them into the world. But before we get down that rabbit hole, if David, you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about where you're from, what you teach, that kind of thing. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, yeah, like uh, Michael said, uh, my name is David Kehoe. Uh, I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, I've been teaching for about six years permanently. I did some kind of long-term subs and uh, terms before that, but kind of uh, six years permanent. Um, I teach grade five, six um, in an elementary school. Um, I started gamifying uh, January 2020. Uh, then COVID Ooh. hit and kind of threw a threw a wrench into things. Um, yeah, so uh, kind of restarted again this year. So this is my uh, first year fully go- gamifying. Nice. Uh, what a what a year to choose to begin there on 2020. Uh, <sighs> I know. A few yeah. months and then it, then everything went haywire. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I like this topic. So today you and I decided we're going to be chatting a little bit about how to get kids in and like one of the ways kind of the unique way to get them in is how you kind of talk to them like how you let them know what we're doing and 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 what's around in the game and i know one of the the areas in which you you told me previous that you started with items you really like came out of the gate with some items and you said there was a little bit of confusion there because you just like, boom, here's like 20, 30 items. And the kids didn't have the mental construct to understand the game and thus understand why these items are good or how they interact or some of the language around the items. Uh, and then you decided like mm, this year, we're going to like release those a little differently. Uh, share a little bit with the audience where you picked up on that. Yeah, so uh, so like I said, I started um, January 2020 and uh, um, kind of uh, was listening to uh, Well Played and I got your book and everything like that. So I was kind of uh, kind of planning out my game and everything like that, um, building my items, and I had a, a good whack of them. Um, and I said, oh, okay, this is this is gonna be awesome. Kids are gonna love this. So kind of like day one, kind of rolled it out, um, created a Wix page there with the store on it, so they could kind of see all the items. And, and 30 items and the kids were kind of like, okay, but I don't quite get it. Like, what does this do? And what does that do? And they were kind of a little overwhelmed. So, so items weren't really a thing in my game to start with because the kids were, didn't quite understand, like this was kind of brand new to them. Mr. Keogh was doing this, this new thing that they've never done in class before, put kind of framing school as a game and everything like that. So it was just kind of confusion on confusion. Right. And, uh, COVID uh, happened there in March and we kind of shut the schools down and went to online learning and kind of the, the, the game kind of died with that, unfortunately. Um, so kind of over summer, I kind of got to thinking and kind of saying like, how can I introduce items to kids that they're going to understand? 
Um, so I kind of mulled that over all summer and I, I thought about starting small, right? Um, so again, I, I thought I'd start with just like three items, right? And it'd be like the schooly items that you kind of always talk about, like things that kids are going to understand. So not based on the game, but stuff that they understand. So I, I started with three items. So I started with uh, a tunes card. I started with um, getting a, a special colored stool and I started with a treat wheels. Um, so all things that kids could understand. That and, is like what I always tell people. I mean, you should start with non-gamey items and go straight to something that's like kids get, you know. My first three when I started were go to your locker, uh, a late homework sort of pass, and then a on uh, uh, like an assessment. I did kind of the 50-50 on a multiple choice question, right? So I, I would cross off, like it's not A and C, and they'd still have, but they would be able to use that once on a test. Uh, but those were my foundation ones because kids understood it. So there's kind of some buy-in. They immediately see the use, right? Yeah, and, and, and the kids kind of understood that. Um, so then I was thinking about, now how do I present this to the kids? Because last time I just kind of created the store and threw them in the store. And I said, like, that's the store. Go look at the items, right? And and again, that didn't work. <laughs> you so got to dress said, it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you got you to gotta present it. You got to make it uh, like they want them, right? So, um, so I was kind of thinking, I was like, Google Slides, you know, why don't I kind of make a, a little Google Slide and kind of like present this to the kids, right? Almost kind of like uh, I'm selling it to them, right? I'm saying, like, you want this card right so uh, i came up with the idea of uh free card friday so every friday in my class i was going to give out one or two cards um so i started just with one just because i didn't want the kids to kind of be overwhelmed by the game um but again once once i got rolling the kids were like just one can 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 we get like maybe two this week mr keo can we get two so uh so i kind of had to bump it up Yeah, yeah, because once they, like I said, once they started understanding the cards, then they were like, oh, yeah, give me the cards. I, I, w- I want more. I want the new ones, right? Um, so, uh, so, and again, it was super easy. Um, every Friday, like just after our morning check-in circle, um, I'd have my computer ready to go, um, and I'd have my slide with my new card, and, so, and it allowed me to to kind of explain the card. So like once I moved past kind of the schooly ones and I was getting into more of the game type cards, I was able to kind of present this and kind of sell this card to them and say like how it's going to work in our game and why you really want it, right? And so the kids could kind of then understand this and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I want that card. I want that card. Um, And then because it's free card Friday, um, of course, I have to give one away free, right? Because again, that's kind of that marketing thing, you know. You get them, you give them a little sample, you know. Then they kind of get hooked, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, I want, I want more, right?" Um, so, uh, so there, I went to the website. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Flippity, I think it is. Yep. Um, where, yeah, Flippity, where you can kind of use Google Sheets to kind of create different things. So uh, one of the ones is a is a wheel. Um, so what I would do is I'd uh, I'd put all my kids on the wheel, and uh, so after I explain the card. Um, we, I pop the next window open. It's the wheel, right? I say, we're giving it away and, uh, I'd spin the wheel and land on one kid. And that was the kid that got that card on free card Friday. I love this. 
lots of lots of things to process there. So I'm going to start with this idea of the the moment that you get to explain to the kids. This is a powerful moment, uh, and you can do it lots of different ways. I like the way you're doing it because everyone's getting that information. That's obviously like really nice because then everybody knows it. Uh, I definitely talk to students when I hand out the item, but that's more work on my part because that means I'm explaining the item probably about four or five times, then enough kids in my grade know it, and then the kind of word spreads like, oh, I want that one that like triples your whatever, whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, well, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes, here, like this is a really good one, you know, nice choice. Uh, but I like how everyone's getting the information on yours in that moment. I love the excitement of like, oh, and, you know, am I gonna get the free card this week? That's pretty cool. Uh, so <laughs> I might be adding this to my game shortly. I love, I love that idea. Uh, and what a and great also, way to, to like roll out understanding of the game and, and moving from the less gamey into the more gamey, uh, items. Cause now kids sort of see why they would want it. And then also you can explain, or maybe in the circle, you know, as kids talk, uh, maybe kids will start to see some interchange and interplay that you didn't anticipate because this happens to me. I release a new item and I give it to somebody and then maybe two weeks, three weeks later, somebody's like, can I use this one, you know, with this one? And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that would make, yeah, that would be awesome. Do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it, it's, it's something that doesn't take up a lot of time in class too, right? Because Again, we're all thinking, you know, we've got the curriculum, we've got to cover and stuff like that. And, you know, some people worry, you know, uh, is gamification going to be taking up too much of my time? But no, like we're talking about like one, two minute max, right? It's the, the card pops up, quick ex explanation, pop over the wheel, spin the wheel, lands on the player. Boom, we're moving on to curriculum, right? So it's it's something that's really quick. But like I said, it's something that the kids wait for, right? So like once it got going, like, uh, like if I like forgot for some reason and like kind of uh, was really excited about a lesson. I was like, ah, oh, we're going to, we're going to start a writer's workshop lesson. And they're like, whoa, 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 Mr. Keogh, free card Friday. We've got to get that done first. So, so <laughs> what you just described there. So those teachers listening right now, I think we really got to think about in our classrooms, having rally points there that they, they, obviously we have to get through the curriculum, like, like David said, but realizing that there, there has to be these sort of moments that bring people together, that excite people. And I think what you've done here is built an awesome rally point and, and we, we need them in our lives. Like you can't, I mean, think about your own work life. Think of as a teacher, you know, you yourself hope for some rally points in the year, right? Like you, you're looking for that uh, winter break. You're looking for that summer break, right? We have rally points built in. If truly, just like we're saying about our classrooms, like, well, we have all these standards to go through and we have this curriculum to go through. If you were a hundred percent efficient, you know, that wouldn't work. Like we're teaching humans, <laughs> like you can't be a hundred percent efficient. And if we expected that of ourselves. Well, then we wouldn't want summer and we wouldn't want winter break. We would, we just want to like teach every day, all day because we have these standards to get through. Right? So clearly we know the value of it in our own lives. And then I think sometimes unrealistically 
we don't build it into our classroom lives. And I think you have a really nice rally point that only takes, like you said, two, three minutes. Even to be honest, even if it took five minutes, like what a great rally point. Five minutes on a Friday to have kids get excited about a new item and talk and little high fives. And ooh, I want to like do another quest this weekend because I hope to get the item that just got released this week. Super awesome. Oh yeah. And again, it's, it, it also builds that relationship too, because then like, you know, the kids are coming up to me at recess and they're like, they're talking and they're asking me questions about the card and everything like that. And they're saying like, and one of the things too, is I, I never say how much it costs because I, again, I still want that little bit of mystery. I want the kids to go check out, to see, you know, look at the card, see how much it costs and everything like that. So I'll say, oh, they'll be like, Oh, Mr. Keel, Mr. Keel, how much, how much is that one going to cost? How much is that one going to cost? I'll be like, oh, I can't remember. You guys, you guys are going to have to go check out the store. You're going to have to see what it costs. So again, it's also building that want too, right? So again, if for, for those kids that that didn't get it, um, they can still be like, they can still get it. And now they're they're drawn to my store. They want to purchase that type thing, and then and then use that in the game. So again, and then they're like I said, they're they're talking to me about it at recess, and they're saying, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that uh, next week, or uh, I've got a side quest, and I'm gonna use that to double my points or something like that. So it's that relationship that like I can talk to the kids at their level uh, because they they understand that they're 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 playing video games, they're they're making videos and stuff like that. That's that's their level, and I'm kind of taking myself down and kind of getting on their level and connecting with them. And it's really kind of builds that relationship that, that I really want in my classroom. So you made me think of another bit of advice that I want to drop here. So as you talk about a store and a shop or whatever, that can feel overwhelming to, to a new gamifier and you're a new gamifier. So one, you're proof that you could still do it and it's fine. But, uh, I even get a little anxiety when it's like, how do I set the price of this thing? Like, I don't know, like how expensive it is in relation to others, uh, especially when you're first starting out. Nonetheless, I want to share one way I do a shop in my class. I take the baseball card holder because, again, I print out all my items. So I take like a baseball card holder and I fill it all nine pockets up with some items. And then I hang it on my bulletin board facing so that you can't see what the items are okay and then i built an item in my game that's called a merchant ship and i pretend now again remember i'm in like middle medieval times you upgrade it to whatever you need it's a spaceship it's a cargo ship whatever um and i pretend that like you're sailing off to like a port that you don't know what's there right like in ancient times they didn't know what was going to be in the city they, they, they sail to. And as such, the, the market values are different there, right? And I pretend that each time they're sailing, like we're pretending to go to a different city. I don't like label it that like you're going to Athens. Like I'm just pretending you're sailing somewhere and it's different. And so what I have them do is they all line up, the ones that have merchant ships, I kind of call this out on a day that they're doing work and I'm kind of freed up. And I say like, hey, we're gonna do some realm stuff while you're doing some work. And I just call out anybody have some merchant ships and those that do kind of come up to my desk and they lay their merchant ships out. And my merchant ships level one have a cargo hold of one and they can take one of their items they have, put it on there and then we roll a die, we roll two dice actually, and on a roll of nine or higher, their ship and the item on it gets lost at sea. Ooh. However, if it's below nine, 
they make it to their destination and I only make them roll once. I don't make them roll for the return home. It's just, did they, did they have a safe voyage both ways? Okay. So I do that. All the ones that are lost at sea get lost at sea. I do this intentionally. It sounds super mean, but I have a lot of items that affect dice rolls. So if kids, this is where it becomes fun. You put in an item like that where they can lose it because I have like two or three items that can change the value of a dice or re-roll the dice. And so then they get excited that, oh, I want to use my re-roll. Oh, they're safe. And they feel like they they beat me because they're safe, right? Mm. And Okay, then anybody that had items on their ship, I then go for a round of like what I'll pay you for that item. This is awesome because some of your top students don't want to sell any of their items because they have great items. But some of your bottom students are like, well, here's like this little dagger I have. It's not worth a whole lot. And then all of a sudden they get there and their top students didn't sell anything. So they just sold, they just sent empty ships there. The bottom students sent this little dagger and I might be like, oh, like the place we're in is in the midst of a war. They're willing to give you like 2,000 gold for that little dagger. And now you like help out that like bottom kid by giving them 2,000 gold. Okay, so I pay everybody. And then I take down from the bulletin board the shop and I give it to them. And there are all prices on the shop. And I just say like, this is like at the market. Negotiate with me. And again, they have a cargo hold of one. And so they say like, Ooh, I'll give you like a thousand gold for this. I'll give you 2000 for that. And you just say yes or no, yes or no. And on my spreadsheet, I just plus or minus that amount of gold. And, uh, then the kids go off on their own, but it's a nice way to not have to like wonder what the price points are. And I can change from week to week. So again, uh, a bunch of kids come, my high flyers buy the ones they want. And my, my kids that don't have as much cash are kind of like, well, can I have this? And I'm like, well, I actually like this place. That's in abundance. Like I'll sell that to you for a hundred. And they're like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. You know, like, and you kind of help that and you can kind of adjust the market as needed, uh, and build in a little bit of the excitement. You can release some new item in the market and people are like, holy cow, what is that doing? You're like, I mean, it's, but it's worth 5,000 gold. I mean, it's expensive. But like you get some of those big kids to shave off a bunch of their money, but they get a super rare item and you help the bottom by like charging 200 gold, but they get a better item than what they traded in for. They traded in some early item that's not very powerful for like a more modern item in my game. It's super. Yeah, powerful. I like that uh, because uh, like I said, I've I've had some problems with like, you know, like you said, it's my first year. So like setting those prices, I'll like set a price and then they'll be like, I'll, everyone will be buying. I'll be like, oh, maybe I set that a little too low. I've got to kind of let's raise this price up. And then the kids will come back and be like, Mr. Kehoe, that just went up 75 gold. What's going on? Yeah, I <laughs> so, love it. You know, it's just it, it's like it's, it's you've got to you got to tweak your first year for sure, right? To kind of get it right. And 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 the kids, you know, they they say that playfully and everything like that. They they understand that you know this is the first time I'm trying this. You know, they've never had a teacher do this before, so this is this is new, this is exciting. So they they let some things slide that you know if I don't get something correct there, they'll uh, they'll say yeah, you know that's 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 fine. We'll, we'll be okay with that. <laughs> but I'm like, so this is what I often say about gamification too. It's about setting some rules to break some rules. So in David's example, where he does have all set prices, unlike I do, that means he could make an item that's like, buy this item, and this item allows you like three times, four times to get a 25% discount. So now they're like, this item itself doesn't do anything, but 
it means the next four times or three times they go to the store, they have a cheaper buy. Like, and that kind of like long-term investing is kind of a cool feature David could do. So again, it's setting rules to break rules is kind of a, a good way to come up with new items. Or for me, right, they have a cargo hold of one. Like, that means I could have an item that lets them like stack the crates. So now you can put three things on your ship, right? Like um, setting a rule to break a rule, right? Mm, no, I like that. I like that. Um, you have some good ones. So, so, all right. That's like items. That's how you talk about items. But there's a whole lot of other language that goes with a game. How do you like get them in at the beginning? How do you get them to understand items and why they want items? Or how do you get them to understand the storyline and what they're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for my first year, I, I didn't really um, use story as much as more of the game mechanics of gamification. So like I said, I, I talked about items, um, but the other thing that I, I brought in was things like levels and experience points and badges. Um, so again, I wanted to be able to communicate to the kids like the amazingness of like getting to that next level or getting that badge. So, so I had the free card Friday. So I was like, okay, what if I have the Monday update? So this is Ooh. kind of like a, a little recap of the week of what kind of happened um, with our, uh, with our side quests, with our, our uh, the students leveling up with them getting badges. So again, to build that excitement um, and say like, Ooh, he got that badge. Oh, I'm interested. How, how did you get that badge? I want to get that badge. Or, oh, you jumped, you jumped a level. That's awesome, right? And again, building that relationship, building that community in the class, like cheering on each other, um, being proud of, of all the work that they're doing and celebrating that work, I think was really important. Because again, like with gamification, I'm asking kids to kind of go above and beyond the curriculum, kind of do these extra side quests and stuff like that. So I want them to, sh I want to show them that they are, they're, they're getting re rewarded for this. They're being celebrated for this, right? And I thought the Monday update would be the best thing, right? And again, uh, it took a little bit of time, but again, very easy once I started getting going. So again, Google slide, um, I'm looking at all the people that leveled up. I'm putting their name on the, the slide. I'm putting the, the level up badge. So, you know, if you, you got the fifth level or you got the fourth level, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to go through it. I'm saying um, this student now level five, right? This student now level six, right? This student level 10. Woo, that's awesome, right? And again, the kids are like, and I, I didn't even tell them that, but they're like clapping. They're like telling each other like, way to go and everything like that. Like I didn't make this like something that we're going to celebrate. I was just like, I just want to show them how they're doing. But they saw that and they saw that achievement. They saw that hard work that the kids are having and they're celebrating each other. They're like, they're saying like, way to go, way to go, right? So it, it was really special to see that in this class um, that, you know, they're, they're building these relationships through gamification. They're cheering each other on. They're wanting them to succeed, even if they are in maybe another guild or something like that. Because again, you know, they might still be friends, right? Just because they're not in a guild, they're still going to cheer them on and, and celebrate those successes that the, the kids are having. I love the like what again you've built a fantastic rally point um uh, with these with these little data points and another thing that i love about gamification is you have all these data points in which to do something like this with right so celebrating growth uh i do that 
on a little bit of a longer window. I do it by quarter. And so my the way my game works, the leaderboard doesn't reset, which there's value in doing that as well. So like some people like to reset to zero kind of and see so that like the first place people can kind of gain first place. So for example, in my game, because it doesn't reset, it's a year long game. I don't want to say it doesn't change hands, but pretty much the top 10 is going to be the top 10 like now. And it's just a matter of if like the third place can get up to first place, but like 50th place can't get up to first place now. Uh, and, and like I said, there's pros and cons to that. But what I like to do then is per quarter have kind of some quarter stats, like who grew the most this quarter. And that first place and second place person might not have actually grown that much. They might still only be handing in one or two quests. And if they both hand in one or two quests, well, then their ranks are probably going to stay the same in relation to each other. But maybe like the person that really hadn't played but decided to do three, four quests this turn, this quarter, you know, compared to the, everybody else, they might have actually have the greatest growth. So on this other stat, somebody that's way bottom might be the top of who grew the most this, this quarter, right? Who did the most. Uh, and so those are interesting, like, right? When you start to mine that data and cut that data up into different ways, you can get some interesting stats to share with people. And it becomes kind of this eye-opening thing for students too, who tend to think one-dimensionally that like, oh, like the top person must be the top player. And it's like, no, they're the top player because they've been consistent over the game. But actually like this quarter, David did the most work, right? And like, and David might be like, whoa, I did? And you're like, yeah. Like, while the main board doesn't show that, like, actually, you grew the most. You you provided the most benefit for your house because, you know, that top person only did one quest or two quests and you did four quests. Uh, and, like, then talking to kids about the team nature of my game and how, like, really the, the house, which is a class period that's going to win, is the house that really can, like, motivate the vast majority of people to do something right the top student in the grade doing like two three quests might be super awesome might be 2000 points but if all 20 of you did quests and they were only worth 500 well that's 20 times 500 as opposed to like top kid doing a thousand point quest so all good things to i think point out to kids and these are all great conversations to have with kids and show them the value of working as a team the power of big numbers and big data, if we can all work together, that like, whoo, many hands make light work. Rally points. I mean, David, you, you've, this conversation's great. I'd love to continue it with you, uh, but I can't believe it. We are already at that reflection time. Look at, if you could see his face, wow. people, he's, his eyes like pop, like what? We's, we's out. Goes I fast. You, I told you it was going to go fast. I warned you. All right, you ready for today's quote and how it sort of fits what we were talking about? Yep. All right, this one comes from Nelson Mandela. It says, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. But if you talk to him in his own language, that goes to his heart. How does that fit into today's conversation that we're having? Yeah, I like that quote. Um, I think it goes to kind of um, talking to kids at their own level, right? So again, like I'm a big video gamer myself. I know my kids are big video gamers. So again, when when you kind of talk to them about like getting those levels, achieving badges, getting those achievements and everything like that, 
that's a language they understand, right? You're going to make those connections with those kids and they're going to, going to want to, um, achieve more because you're talking to them on their level. They understand, um, what you're asking them to do in terms of gamification, right? So again, if we do these little side quests, you do these little extras, right? You're going to get these, these levels up. You're going to get these badges. You're going to get these items, right? And again, they identify that with that. They understand that, that that's their language that they speak. Right. And again, if I could do that as a teacher and, and, and speak to them at their level, that relationship that I'm going to build with those kids are going to be so much stronger and I'm going to get so much more out of that class of that student. I love it. Uh, I think you and I hit the same idea here. This, this idea of the way we talk about school, right? That, you know, learning's important. You should be a lifelong learner. All oh, that's good. But that's language that goes to the head of a student, right? Not the heart of a student. And I think when we use their gamer language and we lay it on top of what school is right it is a game there are levels like you're acquiring points all of like school is a game but when we put it actually fully into the game language i think you have a greater understanding for students of its importance that the the daily grind of school now becomes a little more of a daily like goal for the bigger goal right which is what school is like right we're, we're trying to get them to become that adult that they want to become, right? It doesn't have to go to, they don't have to go to college, but like whatever their goal is, today matters towards that goal, but it's so far removed, right? But when you start to use game language, just like a video game, when the final big boss is at the end of level 17, like you're super far away from that. You just loaded it up. You just read the first title screen. You're a million miles away from that big boss. But you realize that grabbing every coin you can grab here in level one is going to quickly get you to buy that better sword, which is going to be able to defeat this boss and that and then so on and so forth. They get it. They get that today's daily grind matters to the level 17. And I think then we're speaking to their heart. And I think that that opens up a whole nother world in terms of their understanding and their relationship with you. And they now see you as that mentor towards that larger goal better than they would have otherwise. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, David, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Huge, huge thanks for that. Uh, we definitely are going to want to have more conversations with you. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Everybody else, uh, once again, I'm Michael Matera, and Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Go check out their website. Grab all sorts of other powerful PD-packed podcasts there. And as always, stay connected. Share your ideas. Check us out on our YouTube channel as well as EMC2 Learning. We'd love to have you there. Enjoy your week and play on.